This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. The first... If you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm back from COVID jail, and we've got a great show to kick things off. John Hoyer is in. He just won the Cabela's National Walleye Tour Championship for the second time, and he's getting ready for some world competition. we got all the details coming up. I got my fishing pole, keys, tackle box in my hand. I'm going to cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in the big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my mercury right in the bag. Because the fishes all tremble at the thought of me. Because I'm fishing for Bunyan Country. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. I'm Chuck Hassey of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, he's back because he's the champion. John Hoyer has just won the National Walleye Tour Championship. John Hoyer, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kevin. Wow, that uh, you won it a couple of years ago, and you came back and won it again this year. You're a two-time champion. That is rarefied air, sir. Um, yeah, I I think it is, and it's cool because my friend Jason Shakirit, who I, I use the term frenemy, um, you know, <laughs> for my friends that I fish against. Yes. Um, but, you know, he's a two-time champion, so obviously he was invited to a celebration dinner. I actually sat next to him, and Corey Sprangle was there, Dwayne Jelm, and I was like, hey, brother, we're the only two people that get to say that. You know, you're mixing it up with some really, really good anglers. So to to pull that championship off a couple different times in really, what, less than five years or so, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think, um, you know, 2019 was my dream season. So this is the third season after that year. And it definitely was enough time for me to realize how special that 2019 was. Um, you know, especially because I've probably had two or three times going into a tournament where I felt like I was on a tournament winning pattern and, you know, finished 13th, 7th, 14th, like things just didn't work out. So, um, for it to, you know, come to fruition this year and the way it did, and for me to be licking my chops from the very first day of practice, um, I'm completely aware of how many things had to happen perfectly. Uh, for it to go down like that. 
I think when we talked um, last time, you were getting ready for the tournament, and if I'm not mistaken, you said you had never fished that portion of Lake Erie before. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, that was a uh, maybe two weeks ago or something, but I remember talking and I, you know, I'm sure I alluded to the fact that, you know, Erie is dominated by trolling, but I'm going to inevitably try to figure out a casting program. Um, Apparently my packing process wasn't on point enough because I forgot the entire tote of lures that I ended up using in the tournament. So I like had to beg from Berkeley to send me the paddle tails. I had to buy the jigs online and, I mean, I usually travel with this one tote specifically for the pattern that I was doing, and it just—I just spaced it. I—I—it I, didn't come to my head when I thought about a way, you know, something to check or something to explore and see if it worked. Well, you—you uh, you ended up getting the stuff you needed, obviously. Um, let's let's kind of play out the week. Uh, when did you get there? What happened prior to the tournament, and then and then let's talk about the tournament. Yeah, so I arrived Wednesday night, and I actually came over from Iowa. I was hanging out with my deer hunting friends, getting my bow dialed in. Um, so it was like a 12-hour drive, and, you know, we got there late or whatever and got on the water late, actually, too. But, um, you know, just by looking at the maps and then even talking to a few people that reached out to me on social media that were from Canada. They're like, Oh, you're going to love it on our side of the lake. We got all these reefs and points and structure. And so that was the first place I wanted to look. So I cut across, it was about 25 miles straight across Lake Erie, flat, calm and sunny. And, um, I don't know, in the first four hours I caught, maybe my biggest one was like a five pounder, which would be an average good one right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just kind of had this little, light bulb moment where I, I was on the phone with my travel partner, Dewey, uh, Dwayne Jelm, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go look in this bay and see if there's any weeds. And I think I called him back about 13 minutes later, and later on he told me, he's like, I've never heard you talk that excited in my life. Well, what had happened was I found these heavy clumps of weeds, and on my forward-facing sonar I saw like eight or ten nice big marks, and I ended up catching three walleyes and four casts. Um the biggest one was probably a five and a half pounder, but you know, this is 10 feet of water, 75 degree water. And every other single person on Lake Erie right now is trolling out, you know, maybe 40 to 50 feet down. So I knew it was special right away. And it wasn't really verified until I found the second weed bed, maybe an hour or two later and saw some more big marks. And we ended up catching a 29 incher in there so now i was like game on we got to find every weed bed we can so that in essence was what i did i did it three days just literally scouring the shorelines in and out of every little cup or bay and when it was all said and done um dewey and i probably had eight confirmed good weed beds that had you know multiple fish in it even up to you know maybe 20 30 that we could see and caught big ones out of each one, just kind of sampled them, caught one or two, and then um, realized that weed walleyes are one of the most predictable fish always in the entire system. So, you know, definitely didn't want to catch too many of them. Um, just wanted to take the chance and gamble and leave them alone and save them for the tournament. So that's what we did uh, going into day one. And so uh, play it out for the actual tournament itself. That's when, that's when it gets complicated because then you're you're working with a, a co-angler as well. 
and I know you get uh, pretty much control what goes on there, but it's it's a different vibe. Yeah, for sure. So I got paired up with a guy named Colin Martin, and he actually travels with my book, good buddy Chase Parsons. So, you know, 30-something-year-old, uh, maybe even late 20s, younger guy, good shape, and I knew it was a perfect pick because um, I just needed somebody that was going to be able to rip you know, a three-quarter ounce jig head through weeds all day, just somebody who can physically do it, I knew it would help me. Um, so I kind of joked with them that, you know, it, it's a bunch of poker faces that at the rules meeting, and I was joking around with him, and I, I said, you know, after we got paired up officially, I went outside and I said, all right, Colin, I'm going to let you decide for tomorrow if we are going to troll or cast. And he got all nervous and awkward, and he doesn't know how sarcastic I am. So he's like, oh, well, no, I'm just here to help you. You know, whatever you decide we want to do, I'm down. And I said, no, nope, we're going to let you make the decision, Colin. And he goes, well, I'm down to troll, man. I, I, I've been trolling a lot this week. Like, let's do it. I said, all right, I'll take that into uh, account. And then I go, what hand do you reel with your spinning uh, reel? And he goes, I reel on the right side. I go, oh, the wrong side, you mean? <laughs> and uh, he goes, well, no, I'm actually left-handed. So then just to mess with him a little more, I go, okay, prove it. Write your phone number on a sheet of paper with your <laughs> left hand. So he passes the test, and that's how it all started. But we went out on day one, and um, I talked to Dewey in the harbor. And we have our other travel partner, Dusty Mankey, who you've talked to before. Oh, yeah. Um, but the problem was he checked, you know, a number of weed beds, too, and he just wasn't able to confirm some of the other weed beds. And so he didn't have the confidence in it. So he was going to go trolling. Uh, Dewey was still on the fence. But at takeoff in the harbor, he said to me, he's like, I thought about it. You figure the pattern out. It's your deal. I'm going to leave you all eight weed beds to fish today. I'm going to go trolling. I said, okay, well, that was a relief to me. I didn't know how many I was going to have to fish. And so he goes trolling. I go to the starting bay, the bay where I caught a 29 and a 27-incher in like three casts about five days before the tournament. And I rolled in there and started quite a ways out. And within 10 minutes, my first hook set was an absolute unicorn. It was like a 30 to 31-incher. Mm. Probably 10 minutes later, I saw another two of them on my uh, Lorance Active Target. I cast in there. They, like, absolutely went crazy i'm waiting for the bite all of a sudden boom one of those bites the second fish 30 to 31 incher um then i cut then i think colin caught like a four pounder i caught a five pounder and then my fifth fish was another 30 to 31 incher. so you know we could call here so my smallest fish is say a four pounder my second smallest is a five pounder so we go to work in this weed bed and ended up upgrading to a six-pounder and a five-and-a-half. Those were our two smallest, and I hadn't weighed the three real big ones, but I already knew, like, we're in rare air. I mean, this is pretty much a 1% chance anyone would beat that. Um, just mathematically, the the size average of fish in the lake right now, like, that's almost impossible to beat, on, you know, especially day one. Probably caught a dozen in that starting bay, then I went to the next bay. We caught a five and a five-and-a-half. Probably saw another 20 fish. I looked at them at like 11.30 in the morning, and I was like, hey, Colin, um, for the health of our fish, we could we would have a dead fish penalty if the fish was deceased. So I was like, I need to save these fish for two more days. I've decided we're just going to go in. We have an amazing bag. And he's like, right on. 
So we drove in super slow. We got in at like, I don't even remember what time it was, 12.45. And um, weighed in 39.81 pounds. <laughs> which, um, yeah, I got to watch every other boat weigh in. And as I kind of expected, it was like a nine and a half pound lead going into day two. Absolutely mission accomplished on day one. And then um, day two, you know, same same game plan. It was going to be flat, calm, and sunny. But the the problem was day three looked like severe weather potentially with strong and potential damaging winds, um, wind blowing into the shorelines I was fishing, which would have been new to me. And um, But day two is going to be flat, calm, and sunny. So I went out day two. Um, and then on a side note, when I talked to Dusty and Dewey that night, they asked me, like, well, where did you all fish? I said, we caught all those in one day. <laughs> so Dewey was super excited, and I was like, yep, have fun, because, you know, you got your four bays, we'll split them in half, and I'll fish these four on day two. So go out day two, and uh, flat, calm, and sunny, exactly what I needed. And it was a little slower. I didn't really catch much in that starting bay. I went to the second bay, caught most of my fish, and then I had a key upgrade of like a six-pounder and this really small little weed that I found. Um and then really didn't catch much the last couple hours, but uh, came in early again, you know, maybe 45 minutes early or something, and uh, then got to find out that Dewey weighed 35 and a half pounds and shot all the way up into second, and I extended my lead a little bit on him up to 10 and a half pounds and then 13 and a half pounds on third place. So definitely sitting in the catbird seat going into the final day, but... Um, a little bit anxious about the weather report. So what was that weather report, and how did day three go? We'll find out next with NWT champion John Hoyer. I'm Bill Rosedale, proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. John Hoyer is my guest for the second time. He is the Cabela's National Walleye Tour champion. Wrapped up the championship last Friday out in New York on Lake Erie. And as we went to break, he was telling us about his concerns for day three and the weather. So what was the weather report exactly? So scattered severe storms. And what it said when we were fishing, um, it was going to start off pretty pleasant but by like 10 a.m it was supposed to blow northwest with potential for storms like 75 percent chance of storms and then at like 11 or noon it was supposed to switch southwest and blow up to like 20 miles an hour so you know kept checking that kept checking that um we end up going out there's this huge wall cloud to the west it's like closing in on takeoff and i'm like come on let's go so we take off at 7 a.m., and I was probably averaging 30 to 40 miles an hour getting to trough the waves. Like, you could tell that storm was packing a punch because there was already big residual waves ahead of the storm. And um, I was lucky to be able to trough them. So the second, 
you know, 25 miles on my trip, I was going like 55 miles an hour. So it was flat calm. And I got there the soonest I did out of all three days. So I told my co-angler the important part of today was to pretend we only have 30 minutes left in the tournament because at any point the other shoe might drop with the weather report and it could shut it all down or get too windy to fish effectively and we just need to stay focused. So um, we had five fish in probably an hour and a half in the first weed bed and it wasn't much. It was like 18 or 20 pounds. I went to a little weed bed. I caught the six-pounder, missed one there, didn't catch anything, didn't spend a lot of time there. And then I went to that second bay I fished on, you know, day two where I caught most of my weight. And I thought I could catch maybe two or three nice ones, like five-pounders. Um, in reality, if I had 25 pounds, I was basically going to be unbeatable. So that was kind of my goal, the minimum. And uh, we rolled in there and, sure enough, caught a five and a uh, five-and-a-half, upgraded a couple three-and-a-half-pounders. And I just kind of started expanding. You know, I'd only fished these weed beds for, like, four hours of my life. So um, one thing about weeds is, yeah, the prime spot is on the weed edge or maybe where it's a little thicker or where it meets a point with some boulders. But in reality, if they're in the weeds, they can be anywhere in there. Um, you know, the yeah. weeds are the structure. So I kind of kept a clear mind and really started exploring just in the middle of this weed bed. <clears throat> and the defining moment of the day was I pan over and at 60 feet, I see these four huge marks. Well, I just hooked a catfish, which I never caught in practice. And it was kind of too good to be true, but I threw over there and all four of them, I like landed it right on top of them. All four of them just scatter. They go flying, which could be good or it could be carp just getting out of the way of that big splash of the lure. Well, I go to pump my lure and I didn't even feel the thing bite because I was looking at my sonar and I pull up on it and my drag just rips when I set the hook, which it didn't move at all in any other hook set. I start fighting this thing. I'm like, I think I got like something foul hooked here. Like this is way too heavy. Keep reeling on it. All of a sudden I look down to the front of the boat, like 30 feet out. I go, Oh no, it's just a giant walleye. <laughs> and the bait completely gone. So I steer the thing across the trolling motor over to the right. It rips like 30 feet of drag out towards the back of the boat. And I just, I like relax. It's hooked good. And I turn it back towards the boat and just winch it up to the surface and Colin nets it. And it was like an eight and a half or nine pounds. Oh, wow. And, you know, so I was at about 25 pounds there. And I like, I know that's a almost a five pound upgrade. So now we're in like unbeatable status and so relaxed. And like, I mean, it was surreal. And side note is it's still flat, calm and sunny at, you know, <laughs> 11 a.m. or whatever. So, um, what went down in the next like 35 minutes or so was unbelievable. I, we caught a six and a half, a six, and I probably caught like eight or nine others. I had back to back casts, uh, multiple times. They were biting so good that I got bit like 10 of my last 15 casts of the day there. And again, I just, you know, said to Colin, you know, one of the fish was hooked kind of deep. It wasn't doing as good as the other, uh, five that were in the live well and i was just like hey man you know again we're fishing for like a you know another big one but that's like a two pound upgrade we have an amazing bag if we can get five alive we're going to be tough to beat we're going to go in so um i think we left at 
maybe 115 and I drove 55 miles an hour for like 25 miles <laughs> just flat calm and got into where that wind was and just kind of uh took it easy you know went going 30 miles an hour and pulled in an hour before weigh-in with just the most amazing feeling in the world and um as we're driving in there's this huge industrial building right at the pierhead at Dunkirk and I told Colin um, I go, just take this all in, man. It doesn't happen very often, and we just enjoy the moment is all I can say. And uh, before I was thinking, I'm like, I should, he should take a picture of that industrial building. And he literally read my mind and took his phone out and took a picture of that building as we were coming in. And, I mean, that was the mood we were in. It was, it was unbelievable. Hmm. Wow. That's some amazing fish. I mean, I know yeah. they're big on Erie, but my goodness. They, like, they're not big on Erie when these year classes get older, you know, and pass 40 pounds, 45 pounds a day, you know, to win. But they were literally unicorn-sized fish right now. And for it, it literally didn't even feel like a fishing tournament for myself. Uh, it was three days of the most enjoyable fishing ever, doing something that uh, my friends and I pioneered haphazardly on the lax like four years ago. Um, you know, pumping that jig, that big heavy jig head and that paddle tail and getting the most violent walleye strikes you'll ever feel in your life. Wow. For those who are listening and taking notes, what is that lure again? So I am sponsored by Berkeley. That's an asterisk. But honestly, I've tried a lot of other jig heads, and the setup I'm using is completely refined. I mean, I've done this for hundreds of hours, but it is literally as perfect as you can get. So um, depending on how windy it was, uh, I was using anywhere from a half to a one ounce Berkeley swim bait jig head. And the important part of that is the hook eye comes out the nose of that jig instead of up at a 90 degree angle like you would use, you know, for a live bait presentation. So that does a couple things. Um, one of them is it gives it a perfect action where it can fall straight down and shoot straight up. But the other thing is it'll save your arm a lot. Um, it, it's able to like shoot through the cabbage instead of the cabbage catching between where a 90 degree jig head is tied and the nose of that bait. So you end up, you know, you have to rip so much harder to get um, that other jig head through the cabbage where this one shoots through it nicely. Um, the other key thing is it has a, this perfect little plastic keeper. It's ribbed. They're nice big ribs. So um, I glue the paddle tail. Um, to that jig head and then it never comes off so generally i'll catch 10 or even 15 walleyes on each paddle tail which you know is really rare when you're using a plastic and a jig head but um and then on the other side again i'm sponsored by berkeley but i dare you to find a better paddle tail it's the 4.6 inch uh, berkeley champ swimmer and if you're fishing the weeds especially in minnesota i've caught thousands and thousands of walleyes doing this um, it's either the HD perch colored one or the HD bluegill. And, uh, for this tournament, I was using the HD bluegill. It's cause the water was so clear and that bluegill actually looks a lot like a perch that is living in the weeds. So it's a little lighter colored. What a story. Yeah. Thank you. The all, the last very important thing is you'll see the video. It's going to be on the national walleye tour. Uh, otherwise I've shot a show on Fort Peck. So Fort Peck Walleyes on the next bite, you can find that on YouTube. Or the Malax uh, show I shot with Gary Parsons, uh, both using this presentation. 
and the key thing is to watch what I'm doing with my rod. I literally go from parallel to the water, and I'll even put a little slack line in it to make it easier, but I'll snap it where my rod is straight up in the air. So the thing shoots up six feet, and then I literally follow it down as fast as that jig head will fall with just a little semi-bow in my line. And that enables that bait to literally plummet. And it is the ultimate trigger for walleye, especially when they're in weeds. So you found your new favorite place to fish, huh? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) No boats around and big, hungry, friendly walleyes. Well, congratulations, John. That's incredible. It really was. I can't, I gotta admit, like, there's, I, I, if there was a single way to win a tournament, it would be in one where everybody else was trolling and I got to do, like, it's official now, my favorite way to catch walleyes. All right, you might start a new trend here. So. Well, if people have been paying attention, they already know the trend, which is uh, the funny side note of that. Like, all my National Walleye Tour competitors, um, I'm not surprised they didn't figure that out, but it's kind of a classic case of, you know, it, it's, it was a deal where I had zero history there, so I had this clean slate. I knew I should be trolling, but I didn't want to. But, you know, lo and behold, that's tournament-winning pattern. And um, more importantly, it's way, way more fun than trolling in my mind. So, <laughs> yeah. When your listeners try it out, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. John Hoyer, my guest, he is the Cabela's National Walleye Tour National Champion. And if a national championship isn't enough, he's going for a world championship next. We'll find out about that when we come back. I'm Bruce Jean at Rainy Lake Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Because we all know Kevin Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further. I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better-looking Jason, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. John Hoyer, my guest, he just won the Cabela's National Walleye Tour Championship for the second time, but that's not enough. There's more mountains to climb. Well, and you're not through yet. Now you're going across the pond for a a tournament. This has got to be maybe the furthest tournament you've ever fished. A hundred percent, yeah. So when we were talking before we started here, you were asking if I had any more tournaments, and I do have one. It's for the Team USA uh, World Predators team, and so that fishes all over the world. It's the first time I've been, uh, I'll be able to do it, and we're going to be fishing in the Czech Republic on a lake called the Slappy Reservoir, and there's some unique scoring system that's weighted for big fish, but we'll be targeting uh, pike. Xander and Perch, first week of October. Okay. Um, so what kind of weather can you expect in the Czech Republic in, in October? I, I have no idea. I haven't looked out that far. Okay. Uh, my mind is on elk hunting right now, like <laughs> getting in for that, So, uh, which is going to be a first for me this year also. Oh. Well, you know, October, I, I would assume it's 
probably like our weather, so I'll be packing some warm clothes. Uh, I have never heard of this circuit before. How long has it been around? Um, I think like 10 to 15 years. And in reality, I, I signed up in 2019, like, heck yeah, I wanted to go do some world traveling and fish a fishing tournament overseas. And it's been canceled due to COVID uh, the last two years. And then it was supposed to be in Poland. And obviously there's some stuff going on next door there. So we got a message in August that Poland can't guarantee our safety. Therefore, they're canceling it. Uh, and then it got rescheduled to the Czech Republic. So we're on a short little deadline here, and um, which is fine, I think, because everybody has like two days of practice for it, and uh, I'm looking forward to the adventure. So I'm presuming, you know, obviously you know about Perch and you know about Pike. Uh, Xander, as my understanding, is kind of a European version of walleye in a sense. So are you feeling confident in your knowledge of the fish? Um, well, I'm very confident in pike fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've guided a lot of guys from Europe for muskies, you know, in the last 15 years. So uh, I've got to see how they fish, and I've always, always wanted to go over there and be like, you guys don't throw a dive and rise bait that we get bit by five pike for every muskie we catch on one. And they're like, no, we don't throw that. So it'll be kind of a fun challenge for me to take some muskie techniques for the pike side of it. Um, and then as far as the Xander, you know, they're just a lot bigger. So, um, that one will be a fun challenge too. I mean, I guarantee there's crossover techniques, but you know, you talk to one guy, they say Xander are lazy. And then you talk to another guy and say they're actually really aggressive. So, uh, again, I feel like I fish my best when I have a clean slate and you can just kind of go off of your, you know, general predator knowledge. Um, same thing with the perch, you know, these are up to like three pound perch. Um, so I would assume that they're going to act more like walleyes than, you know, little 12, 13-inch bug eaters that we usually target. So do you go out with a teammate? Do you go out by yourself? How does this uh, thing play out? Yeah, so we have two two-man teams, and uh, my teammate is Ryan Buddy, who oh, is yeah. from the Cleveland area. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, the other team is Max Wilson and Nick Schertz, who are also uh, National Walleye Tour competitors of mine. Okay, and so you'll you'll fish with your teammate in the boat. Will be will there be like a ref there or marshal or whatever they call it? Yeah, so they line up a bunch of boats from local anglers. So like I think that he drives the outboard and stuff, and then we control the trolling motor and we can tell him where we want to go. Okay, um, and then I believe there's a team point system, you know, overall. But then uh, so Team USA, and then also there's like. Um, individual team championships. So, like, Ryan and I, and I could win the whole thing, but then I think we could take first place for Team USA, you know, if Max and Nick did well, too, or whatever. That's gotcha. how I understand it. How many uh, nations are represented, do you know? I want to say it's like 12 or 15. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So is Ryan going to fly you guys over? I wish he would. But, um, <laughs> you know, he said he – I think that his pilot terminology is like, I'm going to – be flying as a deadhead or whatever. I, I, you know, I don't want to tell you what flight to get on because I'm kind of uh, on standby or whatever. So, um, but he definitely is qualified to fly us over there if he had to. Hey, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. What are the dates on that again? Um, I think the actual fishing days are October sixth uh, and seventh. All right, I'm going to have to do some 
some Google searching so I can keep tabs on that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, in the meantime now, you said you're getting ready for elk hunting, which you, you haven't done before? Uh, no, I haven't. I just drew an uh, elk tag. You up north here? No, in Montana. Going to yeah. real elk country. Yeah, southeast Montana. Like kind of in the foothill region, actually. Cannot wait. I've been watching elk hunting archery uh, for probably like 25 years or something, you know, and I, it just seems like the coolest hunting experience, and I've never done it. But even before I, I started bow hunting last year, but it just seems so exciting when those things are bugling at you at close range. That's going to be cool. Um, in the meantime, uh, you doing any just fun fishing in our neck, neck of the woods? Oh, yeah, I will for sure. Um, in fact, we're kind of talking about a Labor Day trip up to Leech Lake with some golf and fun stuff like that. So enjoying the changing of the seasons for sure. You know, your knowledge of this area, what should we be doing if we get out on the water right now? Um, you know, as that water cools, there's definitely a big push back into the weeds. Um you know, and I know you guys have had some cool days and cool nights. You, you looked at the PMTT results on Leech Lake. Um, that would mean that fish are, are moving shallow for sure. They caught some nice muskies. So, um, yeah, you'll see, like, when those perch bites start happening up in Portage, there's awesome walleye fishing to be done um, in all those weed beds. So since we're talking about weeds, I would pick that as my number one thing to do. Be- I like a broken record. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look. I mean, it works, and uh, and we know they're in the in the weeds, and that's something that certainly has become more and more common and more and more popular for area anglers is to is to hit the weeds uh, a little more frequently than they have in the past. For sure. All right. Well, John, are you ready for another fast five before we call it a day? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Fast five, 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 five. Question number one. Dogs or cats? Very easy answer. Dogs, and more specifically, Labradors. I absolutely love them. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming you have one. No, I don't. Oh, you don't? I, like I love Labradors so much that I don't feel that my travel schedule uh, schedule would be fair to the Labrador if I owned one. You know, you're probably right about that. <laughs> all right, question number two. What is your favorite movie of all time? Hmm, I don't watch a lot of movies. Um, I really liked Goodwill Hunting when it came out. I thought that was an emotional one, and I think I actually cried at the end of it with high school friends around where, like, you shouldn't be crying in front of them. So that's a good classic movie. It is. Yeah, you're too busy living life and winning championships to be watching movies. I, I understand. <laughs> Funny. All right, question number three. What is your favorite food? Uh, that one's easy, too. Sushi is my favorite food. And when I lived in Calgary for 10 years, we had a member of our church who took us out for sushi. And I think there's photos of my brother and sister and I eating sushi when we were like four or five years old. So um, that's always been the ultimate like get-together with family. We all love it. And um, you know, we'll generally go to a sushi restaurant wherever we are when we meet up. All right. Well, you're wrong about that, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Question number four. Who was your high school celebrity crush? Ooh. Probably Jennifer Aniston. A great TV show. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, okay, that tells me about what age you are. Yeah. I'm jealous. All right. <laughs> Question number five, and we've got a 5A. Question number five, though, is do you drink coffee? I do, basically every morning, for sure. Do you need additives, or do you drink it black? Uh, I drink it black, but I like to add some half and half. You know, it's my second cup, and I'm on a road trip. Um, but one little thing I do, and I haven't done a lot this year, is I add a tablespoon of Kerrygold butter. Mm. And um, that basically, you're getting into the realm of a thing called bulletproof coffee. And it's actually an amazing jumpstart for your brain to uh, emulsify a tablespoon of Kerrygold butter in your coffee in the morning. So, Kerrygold yeah. butter. Yep. You should, you should uh, do some research on bulletproof coffee. I will, because I am a coffee. I'm a coffee fiend, so I. It tastes great too. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll check it out there. See, it was a fast five, and I ended up learning something today. Nice. Well, John, again, congratulations. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy, and obviously a talented angler. Um, two times in the last uh, four or five years. Again, that is uh, that is rarefied air, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens in the Czech Republic in about a little over a month from now. Yeah, it'll be fun. If we want to follow you specifically, uh, how do we do that? Yeah, and that I would appreciate that very much. It's something my sponsors look at, and the amount of enjoyment I get, you know, responding to fishing-related questions on you know Instagram and Facebook is it's really a fun part of my job. It gets pretty taxing after you win a national-level tournament, and there's like hundreds and hundreds of messages in your inbox, but. Uh, I respond to every one of them. I answer all the questions, and it's a fun interaction. But um, so yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's John Hoyer Fish, and then on Facebook, it's Hoyer Fishing. All right, John Hoyer of Hoyer Fishing or John Hoyer Fish on Instagram. The National Walleye Tour National Champion. Again, congratulations, John, and thanks for the time today. Thanks, Kevin. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Some really great shows coming up in the next couple of weeks, so be sure to check it out. You're going to want to hear these. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria.